Show, ESPN Central Texas. And a man who's just come back from uh, Los Angeles covering the uh, Super Bowl. Longtime friend of mine, NFL Network's own Jeff Chidea. Uh Jeff, did, did, was your flight okay? Did it make it on time? I mean, I've, I've been... <laughs> I've been focused on your travel much of the afternoon. How, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling today? Uh, I, I'm good. I'm in. I'm in. I'm safe. And sound. Uh, I miss hearing that sound of Dr. Dre's music. But um, yeah, I'm here for you, man. I'm sorry about being late, but you're the only guy I would go on a, on a radio show with with about four hours notice. <laughs> I, I was really just checking on you earlier today, and, okay. <laughs> and it just it hit me that I was like, well, dang, I wish uh, I, I need to get Jeff on. He's been in Los Angeles. We usually spend some time in the Super Bowl cities together. You had to encounter this one with me. In fact, I think you, you responded to me. Were you here? <laughs> like, <laughs> did we just yeah. decide not to connect this time? No. I was focused on the Baylor Bears, the seventh-ranked Baylor Bears, as they took down the Texas Longhorns, and uh, and I kind of left the the Super Bowl up to you. Did did L.A. deliver? I, I it was I was always wonder. I was kind of wondering what it would be like with a city that's so different than the South and even like Kansas City, uh, where you live, in terms of how they're handling the pandemic. I mean, in some ways, they're six to eight months behind the rest of the country as far as like coming out from the pandemic, so to speak. Um, did did that play any role in the activities, or did everything go pretty smoothly? I, I think it went smoothly. I, I think the thing about L.A., as you know from having been out there a few times, is that uh, especially with the Cowboys, is that they're not a, they're not really impressed with the Super Bowl or the NFL all that much. And so, other cities that have had this event, you've seen them roll up the red carpet, do everything possible to make sure you're having a great time. Chamber of Commerce practically lives in your in your hotel trying to get you to do stuff and in LA if you went 10 miles outside of downtown you would know there was a game Super Bowl going on there uh <laughs> I went to Santa Monica at one point on a Wednesday and I, I was I could have been in Colombia for, for all, <laughs> all I knew there was no signage no uh no any indication anywhere of the game nobody's talking about it no NFL shops to buy stuff so uh it's a big city um I think they put on a great show the day of the game but I think overall, I think most people who went there would have told you that it was, uh, there's other cities who did, who did more to make people feel special about the game being there. Yeah, yeah, leave it to L.A. They sort of like their weather. They got other things to do. They were not really, the people of L.A. weren't begging for NFL teams, and they end up with two of them. Our other close friend, Sam Farmer, probably did as much as anyone. At least, I don't know if we can credit him for getting the NFL there. But he sure wrote about it more than anybody. I always thought, yeah. I mean, I know Sam has to do this, but, like, most of the people in Los Angeles, which hence the even at that gorgeous new stadium, when San Francisco comes there, San Francisco has more fans. Obviously, yeah. whoever's playing San Diego, or excuse me, whoever's playing the Chargers has more fans than the Chargers fans have. So it's a, uh, it's a strange deal. Now, what was that uh, – what was the venue like? I mean, we've we've seen these uh, we've seen these uh, uh, Super Bowls at different venues and everything, uh, and, and you have been there to uh, SoFi. I can't say that I have yet. I don't think I have actually. Uh, is it uh, is it spectacular? Is it 
Does it uh, any of it remind you of what uh, what we have down here with uh, Jerry World? What 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 are the uh, what what did, what is the presentation like there? Oh, I would say that it is it is spectacular. I mean, it is um, everything people say it is. It has amazing sight lines. It's a sunken. So it uh, you know it, it's hard to get a real feel for how vast it is once you're inside there. You know, Jerry Stadium rises up. And so to me, it's almost like a Big Ten stadium. If you've ever seen, you know, those kind of those kind of um, venues, as opposed to an SEC stadium, where a lot of those stadiums, like Florida, just you walk in and you walk down into it. That's how it felt. Yeah. Like it was just, yeah. The, the sound was what got me. Was that um, before the game started, it felt like, you know, they had a clock counting down the time, and it got to about thirty, about maybe an hour thirty out, and I'm thinking. Are we getting ready to play a football game here? Because I can't hear a thing. You know, usually you have <laughs> concerts going on, festivals, tailgating, people getting hyped up. I was sitting in the, one of the bars with my girlfriend who came to the game uh, around that time, and literally there was a bar there with four bartenders who had nobody to serve. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> do these people know what's happening? Or do they know how to enjoy what's happening here? Because if you were in Dallas, it'd be a whole different deal. You got the, you got the go-go girls up there. You got all the craziness going on around it. Far cry from that. Yeah, you you seem to know Jerry pretty well. Uh, the go-go dancers <laughs> do come out. And, you know, like the Dallas Mavericks, when they went through kind of a, a scandal or whatever, like changed, you know, they, they, they now have like jazzercise out there or something. And, of course, Jerry's right. never going to change his presentation. Uh, talking to Jeff Chidea, uh from the NFL Network about the uh, – about the uh, Super Bowl, and he's just fresh back. He's made it back to Kansas City. Uh, what a what an interesting game. Uh, and for Stafford, I mean, that was such a huge story. Obviously, for folks in our part of the country, in the Metroplex, it becomes Highland Park's own Matthew Stafford. But it is interesting to see a guy who's had nothing but non-playoff success get with the right coach, get with the right surroundings, the wide receiver, obviously, and then break through after all those years in the wilderness. Um, I, I, isn't it amazing how a guy can change his whole legacy basically in one drive? I mean, it, it, it's like now we think of him completely different than we did even just, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah, he definitely changed the narrative about himself and really proved to be, a, you know, a cautionary tale for people who want to write off quarterbacks or talk about how they can't win the big one or can't win big games. I'm from Michigan, and so I followed Matthew Stafford's career throughout the entire time in the NFL. I know he played up some bad teams. <laughs> I know he played for some bad coaches. And when he had good coaches, he put up big numbers. And, and, and so I think what impressed me about him is that he uh, he didn't have an I told you so attitude about it. Uh, I, I think he felt very humbled for the opportunity and fortunate to get with a team that could win a championship with. And so he really spread the praise around to his teammates. I think he realized that you know, it, you know, maybe it's divine intervention that led into this moment, but he could have finished his career in Detroit and been a forgotten player. Now it's very conceivable he could end up being a Hall of Fame quarterback if he wins another championship with his, with his team. And, and so, yeah, I, I think he, he did a great job, had arguably his best year ever, even though he had some turnover issues uh, midway through. And, and really, when it, when it came time to do what quarterbacks have to do to be lauded in this league, he did it. Yeah, and Cup came up big too, and of course that one didn't count. And then they come back and they, 
and they get it to him. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure you saw highlights of that. It looked like he took one right to the head. You know, I mean, I'm thinking, is that guy going to be able to get back in the huddle? And it's like, okay, let's go right back to this dude for the the winning score. I mean, that's the kind of play you wonder if a guy's going to come back from. I mean, that was a shot right to the head. So, um, I. by the way, would you – who would you have given the – and maybe you even were part of the the media that had a vote up there. Apparently, they with two minutes to go, they uh, they they said, you know, you got to turn in your deal. Well, in the final two minutes, Aaron Donald makes two enormous plays. He's got the sack, yeah. uh, or actually the you know causing uh, Stafford to, or excuse me Burrow to do what he did, um, and then he's got the he's got the play on Pirine. Um, are you kind of cool with the way it ended uh, that way, or would you? You think Donald really deserved it? Uh, you know, like I, I did have a vote, and they usually ask for your vote midway through the fourth quarter. And at that point, the Bengals of the football. Joe <laughs> 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 Burrow was the guy I was picking. So I was sitting next to Judy Batista, who worked with me at the NFL Network, and we were like, what are we going to do here? As well, the safe bet here for me is Joe Burrow. Like, maybe you can go with T. Higgins. And then we started making our way down to the to the lower level, as you know, they start walking you down with five minutes to go in the game. So you can be in, in position for the press conferences afterward. And by the time I got to the bottom of the stairs, they were like, well, who do you want if the, if the Rams win? I'm just like, great. Now the Rams are driving. I haven't seen any of it except for what I've heard on the radio broadcast. So I just said Stafford. And by that point, Cup <laughs> hadn't even had what he'd done. And so he caught like four more balls after that. And so at that point, I'm not changing it anymore. Just go with Stafford. Yeah. You know, he he, he let him down. Worst case scenario, the quarterbacks will always be accepted. But you're right. They could have given it to three different guys in that game. And and really, the, the beauty of it for the Rams is that, you know, they got a little bit of everything. They got the guy they went out and made the trade for, made a big play. Then the guys who were there, who've been there for a while, and Dowling Cup made big plays, too. Talking to Jeff Chudia from the NFL Network. He was there. He saw it. Jeff, we have seen several, even dating back to the uh, the famous or infamous Janet Jackson moment. We've seen Paul McCartney. I think Tina might have done one. Uh, I'm trying to think. But uh, where, where was it? Bruno Mars. Of course, we've seen Bruno do his thing. Where where were you on this uh, on on this uh, halftime? Did you uh, did you enjoy that, Dre and and Snoop and oh, yeah. uh, Fifty oh, yeah. Cent? Were you on board with that? Oh yeah, best best, best halftime show ever. And I'm fifty one, so I, I may be a little bit older than you, but I, I, to me, it's ironic that a collection of artists, for the most part, Mary J. Blige, by Wooden that group, and uh, maybe not Fifty Cent to a certain degree, but certainly uh, Dre and Snoop what they represented to the world when they came up in, in hip-hop, how dangerous they were, how scary they were to have those guys performing at a Super Bowl. It seemed like beyond comprehension. But I'll tell you what, there's never been more anticipation for that show than there was in that stadium last night. And, and I'm talking about I, I left the press box and went down to the concourse to watch it. There yeah. were police officers and firemen standing in front of me with their cell phones out <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to capture it, trying to get their Instagram posts up as fast as they could to say they were there. And so this is the group that was talking about F the police, you know, 30 years ago, and now you got police officers wanting to, to see them <laughs> perform. So the, it was it was electric. Uh, I thought it was well choreographed. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if 
Paul McCartney or Tom Petty or the who are going to be able to, to compare yeah. to what these guys did. There are pictures of, of uh, Snoop that, that he might have been taking a puff or two uh, before he came out, and I thought, well, how is that news? Like the new, I think it would have been bigger news if he hadn't have. You know, like Snoop yeah. seen not, not, you know, uh, <laughs> taking a puff yeah. before he uh, went out. But uh, I thought Snoop, you know, a few years ago, you remember Kansas, they brought in Snoop, and they, they, they were shocked that, it, that he had like uh, dancers on, on a pole, and they thought, well, we – we, we, we were told this was going to be a family show. <laughs> I think that, that was. <laughs> yeah. Trust, I remember that. Trust me. I think it cost somebody their job or cost somebody a relationship uh, over there. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, AD did not stay around there that much longer. What was that backdrop? The, the, the people at our party were asking. I saw like a deli on there. Like a, it said uh, pastrami over it. Like uh, it must have been like a famous. But in person. Oh, was the back- for the set? Yeah, for the set they were they were on. I didn't. I it looked pretty cool, but I didn't have a total great feeling for what that was representing. Was that was that L A. Yeah. based? Okay. Yeah, that's that's an area in Compton that apparently they used to hang out with. The the, the main uh, foundation of the set was this place called Ease After Dark. So that's where a lot of performers went to perform, like N.W.A. and okay. <clears throat> back in the day. And I think Dr. Dre would use it as a music studio. At various times, those were all areas of Compton that they had hung out in, and so it okay, was just kind that of makes sense to their neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to catch you by surprise that Mosley hasn't been to Compton a whole lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I haven't either. So, <laughs> <laughs> talking to Jeff Chidea from yeah. the NFL Network on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Um, at the end of the game, Burrow, uh, Cincinnati. I mean, you know, it looked like maybe they'd have a chance to get down there, kick a field goal, and everything. Um, surprised by kind of how they handled it. It was it was such a fun. It was setting up for such an interesting ending, and then it just kind of petered out there. Uh, obviously, Aaron Donald made a great play uh, on Pirine, and then the, the the last play didn't even happen because Aaron Donald broke through. What did you think about that sequence from the? from the uh, Bengals' uh, perspective, and how bad a call do you think that was, the, uh, the, the, the pass interference call against the Bengals? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, I think the, the play calling at the end, I, and I agree, I, I think if I'm Zach Taylor and I'm calling a play at the end of a Super Bowl to get a, a yard, uh, I'm going to Joe Mixon. And, and P. Ryan has been an effective back, um, but I think that, you know, Joe Mixon was the third leading rusher in the NFL this past year. I think you have a lot more options running some uh, some kind of a zone uh, run into the perimeter. But, um, you know, he didn't do it. And you're right, Aaron Donald made a great play. And I think the last play, I, I wish I could have seen, because I was downstairs and only saw the TV broadcast of it, I wish I could have seen the, the aerial view of what Burrow wanted to do. Because clearly his first read was taken away, and at that point the play just blew up. And the the pass interference, I didn't I didn't like it. I mean, uh, are you talking about the hold on Logan Wilson on on the yeah yeah the middle yeah, definitely yeah. the hold yeah I, yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't like that at all. I, I thought it was pretty pretty lame, pretty tame. And I, if you're holding somebody, you better see a handful of jersey. And I think it was a tough break for the uh, for the Bengals. But again, you you have to. They've been making those plays all throughout the postseason, and it was one time where they got uh, a player playing at a, at a high level and a quarterback playing at a high level, and they just. They got the short end of the stick there. 
Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, that uh, one was not called. The uh, It could have been an offensive interference, so they kind of got away with one there with uh yep. with with uh on on ramsey well listen uh good to catch up with you and uh look forward to talking to you soon and uh and i will now let you kind of recover from a week of super bowl activities all right i'm coming down from that that high of being around snoop at a concert i think everybody left there with like uh yeah the contact yeah. high the the, con- the contact smoke. high of being around snoop and like mike silver that'll that'll stay with you for a while <laughs> That's right. All right. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. No problem. Take care. You bet. There he goes. Jeff Chadia from the NFL Network, longtime Sports Illustrated writer and a great friend, joining us from uh, he just made it back from Los Angeles where he was covering the Super Bowl. 